having an affair. I mean, he, he could just be involved with, um, I don't know, he, uh, people who get together to invest things. And, and the place that they invest things is filled with potpourri. And that's why his shirt smells so sweet when he comes home. It's possible. Yeah, it's possible. It's possible. It's possible. We could find your husband neck deep in potpourri investing things. And that's from the movie, Shall We Dance? And you know when you're trying to lie to yourself, when you just suspect that your husband or your wife or a girlfriend or boyfriend is uh, has wandering eyes and is interested in somebody else and you just, you're not ready to digest that information and you make a lot of excuses up for the types of behavior that you may find odd phone numbers, somebody at the office. But if that possibly is going on in your life, you don't want to get paranoid, but you do want to look into it because you don't want to fool yourself. You don't want to dupe yourself. I'm Dr. Ellen Kenner and the show is The Rational Basis of Happiness. I'm a clinical psychologist and my number is toll free one eight seven seven Dr Kenner. That's toll free one eight seven seven Dr Kenner. D R K E N N E R. And I've got a wonderful website, drkenner.com, with articles and books uh, that I recommend and uh, podcasts. If you miss part of the show and you want to hear it, and. Um, with dancing. Recently, I I went to a farm and I met this farmer who was sitting next to the corn I was buying and he was telling me that, uh, yeah, he likes to dance. Uh, speaking of Shall We Dance, because there was a good ending in that movie, her husband was not having an affair. Uh, he was out dancing. But uh, this farmer said that he likes to dance, but his wife doesn't. And we talked about it for a while. Next thing you know, he's telling me that waltz is his favorite dance from many years ago. Um, and uh, he just, he was, uh, he he cons- is considering with his wife possibly taking dance lessons again. So I think just talking about it, bringing some of your own values back to life just by being able to recognize them is such a fabulous skill for yourself. And he wasn't, he, I don't think he would have done it on his own, but he asked me where I was coming from and I said dance and that opened up the whole topic. And again, I'm Dr. Ellen Kenner on the Rational Basis of Happiness. And right now let's turn to the phones and welcome Brenda. Brenda, you have a son or a daughter? Actually, it's not mine. It's my grandchild. <laughs> it's your grandchild. So your grandma. Yes. And uh, w- uh, what do you have, a grandson or a granddaughter? A grandson. And how old is he? He's five. He's five years old. And tell me what's going on. Um, he has been raised in a, an abusive home. Ooh, mom or dad? Both, actually. Really? So you're, is it your son or your daughter who's abusive? Uh, my son. Okay, that's and, sad. And his yeah. wife. Yeah. Um, I don't mean physical abuse, I mean mental abuse. Give me one quick example so I know what you're referring to. Um, calling him names. Okay. Swearing at him. Mm-hmm. You know. Uh, neglect at Neglect. All? Mm-hmm. Uh, telling him, you know, that, that he's never going to see me again, that, uh, you know, stuff like that. And he's very attached to me. Okay, why is he so attached to you? Well, because I'm the one who always rescued him when they were fighting. They used to live above me, and I would run upstairs and take him out of the environment. Okay, so you you were a wonderful island that he could retreat to, and um, having right. more of a sense of normalcy. Right. Yeah. And your your question is what? What's going on now? Well, of course, he's out of control. Yeah. And even at my house now, I go and pick him up and bring him here. 
of course, he never wants to leave, and he will run away and run into the trees, and the parents have to chase him. And Good for him. <laughs> what is, he, what is know, his behavior just, saying? I know that, but it's yeah. horrible. And what, what, what uh, you know, he throws tantrums. It's saying I just what? What does he say in his tantrums? Well, <laughs> I mean, I know what he's saying, but it doesn't help any. What does he say? He's saying that he's afraid. He doesn't want to go home with them. That he feels safe with me. So he, he th- this is a highly traumatized child that you're talking about. Yes. Yeah, so, who yeah. adores you or at least feels safe around you. I'm jumping the gun here. You may not, I'm assuming he adores you. Right, and but now he's getting to the point where he's not even listening to me. And I knew because, that that was coming. Because it sounds like he needs rescuing from his parents. It sounds like they need to be reported. If They've they, been if, reported four times. They've never home. taken the child out. Twice by myself, twice by neighbors. Isn't that unbelievable? I it just is got chills when you said that. You you turned in your own son, who was yes, abusive to the, your grandson. Yes, I did. And so the problem is not the the problem is yes, your son, but the bigger problem is that the what we've set up in society to protect your grandson is not working. Right. That when you report it, what actually happens? Do they just get a house visit or a slap on the hand? Or well, they have, they have uh, 24 hours to come out, or 48 hours, I think, within that time. So they came out, and um, as long as they have food in their fridge, yeah, and there's no dog feces on the floor, they can't do anything. They can't do nothing. Yeah. They don't even check the child to see if he's, you know, if he'd have bruises. Of course he doesn't because he's not, as far as I know, being physically abused. It's all mental. And so that's what the are your, thing. Uh, so see, uh, can you imagine someone trying to escape from a prison camp and they finally get to a, a safe haven Mm-hmm. And then the people in the safe haven keep sending him back to the prison camp. Or not a prison camp, but uh, um, some political prisoner. I wasn't thinking that he was a bad kid, you know. Right. He he escapes from a concentration camp, and they keep sending him back. Now, I'm exaggerating, obviously, yeah, there. Yeah. Uh, have you called the police at all? Oh, yeah. The newspapers? No. Okay. I didn't know that that was something I could really do. Well, I'm just trying to think. If you wrote up a story, uh, it could just be a letter to the editor about the Child Protective Services and how they are not serving your grandson. Um, well, the thing of it, yeah, the thing of it is, they have no, no right. Uh, protective Services really has no uh, pull at all. Okay. They really it don't, d- which I didn't realize until I called them a couple of times. Yeah, and thought, unless you know. the unless you if you can, it. What about going to the pediatrician and having the pediatrician uh, document information? But you making the the visit to the pediatrician with your grandson. I don't know if that's possible. Yeah. Well, what's he going to document? Uh, you don't have anything to document. You don't have any personal stories or anything that you... Yeah, but none of that does any good. Okay. So basically, what you've got is a legal problem. With the psychological problem with your grandson, I worked with highly abused children. I mean, they were sexually abused, they were physically abused, broken ribs, you name it, everything. And I went to court many times. um, And... it it really varied. Sometimes I was horrified because the kids would be doing 
to me what your grandson's doing to you. Please don't send me back to my mom or dad. Please don't, don't, don't. And I had nightmarish stories, police reports and the rest. And we would go to court and the judge makes a decision and it's totally out, out of my hands. Now that, you know, that is so sad. But what can you do? You can be a reliable island for your grandson at, at a minimum. You can get the books on my website, drkenner.com, D-R-K-E-N-N-E-R.com. Mm-hmm. How to talk so kids will listen and listen so kids will talk. Okay. You can help him open up more and express what is going on at home. You can keep a log and document the information, but you can have a lot of fun with him because what he needs is to see joy in life. He needs a contrast, and he needs to know that you're on his side and working with him. And then the parents, I'm assuming it's hopeless that they would never read a parenting book and clean up their act. No, I have tried everything. I have tried Um, everything. Yeah, I would would work with a pediatrician if if there's a way you can even take him to a psychologist. That may help, too. Oh, yeah, okay. Because that's what I did for a while. Okay. So, listen, thank you so much for your call, and I wish you and him a lot of happiness. I think he's a, a kid that's starving for it. When I entered my marriage, I left my true self at the door. Now I don't even know who I am anymore. My girlfriend doesn't want to make anyone mad. I never know how she truly feels. And I'm clueless when it comes to pleasing her sexually. She won't express what she likes. How many lose themselves in a romantic relationship, feeling unimportant, taken for granted? Or perhaps they lie or cheat and think their partner should forgive and forget. I am Dr. Ellen Kenner, clinical psychologist and co-author with Dr. Edwin Locke of the Romance Guidebook, The Selfish Path to Romance. Provocative title? I know. By selfish, we mean the self-valuing, self-nurturing way to romance. You never want to lose yourself in a relationship. You want to create a win-win partnership to value your own and each other's goals and dreams. Discovering how to be true to yourself in a romantic partnership is learnable and key to romantic happiness Check out our book with its daring title, The Selfish Path to Romance, at Amazon or SelfishRomance.com.